The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Just to give a little background for the folks listening on the podcast, during the second reading, I got up and took a seat in the congregation, staying there through the gospel, which was read by the priest. I then began this homily from a seated position in the congregation, and then the appropriate time walked up and continued from the ambo. Wow, things really changed quickly for Jesus in this gospel, didn't they? I mean, one minute... All spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. And moments later, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Well, there is no doubt that part of the issue was that, as I am illustrating here with Father Jeff's help, is that Jesus came out of the congregation. He was one of them, the son of Joseph, a man they knew well, a local boy without any apparent credentials or training with which to validate his authority. And it is helpful to our understanding that the word used in the translation for gracious in describing Jesus' words is understood by various scholars to not simply mean gracious in the sense of kind and pleasant, but to mean words of salvation. With this understanding, it makes sense that the locals are questioning where this guy from the neighborhood gets off speaking authoritatively about matters of great importance, salvation itself. Who is he to speak the words of salvation to us, this carpenter's son? And I understand this disdain for local talent well from my own personal experience. During one 10-year period of my career in law enforcement, I worked for the State Crime Bureau as a crime scene agent and with a territory that covered roughly 12 counties. I often would be called to testify in court regarding evidence or events of an investigation that could have just as easily been covered by the local police officer or detective. 
The reason myself or one of my colleagues would be called in such situations had more to do with our out-of-town expertise than it did our knowledge of a specific point of testimony. Reason being, there was a well-held belief that jurors would put more weight on the testimony of an out-of-town expert than on that of a local person that they knew. We don't know your daddy or where you grew up, so we find it easier to accept your expert opinion. In this case, in the Gospel, once the question of, isn't this Joseph's son, was raised, Jesus then doubles down by citing the examples of the Sidonian widow and Naaman the leper. In doing so, he enrages the locals by indicating again with authority that God's message of salvation is not restricted to them, but is available to all. They think so. Not only does this Jesus consider himself worthy of such discourse, now he's gone and said that we are not, in fact, specially chosen, but are no better than the Gentiles in terms of obtaining the very salvation of which he speaks. So if Jesus ran this quickly afoul of his local audience, it begs the question, how are we going to share the message if they wouldn't let Jesus do it? Most of us will have little opportunity to share our faith with groups of strangers. The people we will have the greatest opportunity to speak with will be our homies, our local crowd, family, friends, co-workers, teammates, classmates, the very folks who know us. And like Jesus, if we were to start talking about salvation with authority, well, they too might say, who is he or she to tell us anything? Most people are fine hearing us say we don't understand or have questions about salvation or faith issues, but not so much when we speak with confident faith about Jesus as Savior and the means of that salvation. And that is where we turn to our second reading today. Because love is a welcome message that we can all speak, in actions and words, as described in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Patient, kind, not jealous, not pompous, inflated, or rude, not seeking its own interests, rejoicing in the truth, bearing all things, believing, hoping, and enduring all things. And not only is love the way to convert others, but the absence of love undercuts the gift of confident faith and one's credibility in sharing it. During Paul's time when the spiritual gifts were common among the new Christian communities, if empowered with such gifts as prophecy, or tongues, or knowledge, it would have been easy to speak of faith with authority, but to no avail, if without love. For as Paul says, without love, no matter what I say, no matter what I claim, I am nothing, I gain nothing. But acting in love can overcome many a barrier. Father Larry Richards tells a story about a World War II American soldier that was captured by the Japanese and put into a prisoner of war camp. In the same cell where the American was being held was a Japanese man who had been discovered giving aid to the Americans and was considered a traitor. And while the American was pretty much left alone, the Japanese man was beaten every day. And when the Japanese man was returned to their cell after the beatings, the American soldier would do what he could for him, try to treat his wounds as best he could, share his food with him, comfort and care for him. 
After several weeks of this treatment, the American believed that the Japanese man was very near death, and he realized that he had shared everything with him except Jesus. So he got down next to the Japanese man and said to him, You know, you are probably going to die tonight, but you don't have to be afraid, because if you surrender your life to Jesus, he will give you everlasting life. And the Japanese man said to the American, If Jesus Christ is anything like you, I can't wait to meet him. Whether we know it or not, we are witnessing to our faith in Jesus every moment of every day by how we love or fail to love. Only by loving God first can we then draw on his power to love others as ourselves and in doing so bring them to know our loving God. Our words of salvation to others begin as our actions of love toward others. So if this scripture passage is fulfilled today in our hearing, we have a choice to make. Will we respond to Jesus' call to spread the good news of salvation by seeking his grace and power to love as he loves? Or will we reject his message and band with the offended worldview villagers to throw him off a cliff? As we decide, we do, of course, have an advantage that those Nazareth folks did not. For while we know, as they did, that he is, in fact, the son of Joseph, we also know what they did not, that he is also the very Son of God. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.